Welcome to the Sun Island. Welcome again, guys. Uh, Sun Island Energy, Energy Bridge. We are ecstatic today to have Patricia here with us today. Um, Patricia is a medical doctor, and um, she's going to be sharing with us her story um, and where she, her journey as far as her becoming a doctor. Um, she is, I might add, that she is a close family friend, so we're just going to be chilling on today, right? We're going <laughs> to yeah. be chilling on today. Just talking about a whole host of topics, okay? Okay. Um, but definitely, we're going to dig into, you know, just your journey overall. Um, so let's just start start with a little bit of a background, right? Mm -hmm. um, where is Patricia from? Um, well, I'm from Houston, Texas. Um, originally, my uh, family is from Nigeria, mm -hmm. um, Yoruba, yeah. so, you know. So that's my original background. Um, born and raised out here in Houston. Um went to school in the southwest side of town. Um, and in the area where I grew up in, it wasn't the nicest area. However, I had um, really supportive parents that pushed me and my siblings to be where we are today. Excellent. Um, so immigrant parents, right? Correct. That's a theme. I mm -hmm. always say immigrants get the job done, and I'll forever say that. That's true. So, no, me, as an individual that, that has immigrant, uh, is an immigrant, direct immigrant, and I have kids, I'm going to ask mm -hmm. you a little bit um, about that kind of as we progress. But, okay, so southwest side of town, um, <clears throat> you said it's not the, the most desirable part of town. Mm -mm. Um but then you went to, um, what was your journey like as far as, because I do know you didn't have had the, the traditional route. I yeah, knew you became like a, a nurse. Yeah. So talk about that, how you okay. transitioned from high school to get to medical school. So just like every other student um, at that time, you graduate from high school, you think that you're going to go to a four-year college, and I had every plan of going to Baylor College. I actually got accepted. Mm. And my dad had other plans for me. Um, told me about an LVN program, which is a licensed vocational nursing program, that I could go to and I could do it for a year. And that way I would be able to have make income to support myself while I went through college. Mm -hmm. So instead of going the four-year route, initially I went and did my LVN. So I did that. And soon after that, after graduating from there, I knew that, okay, I need a bachelor's degree to get into medical school. So I began researching, and I just decided that, okay, well, I might as well get a bachelor's degree in nursing since I've already did LVN. So I started that journey, um, successfully completed my um, bachelor's degree in nursing, and then um, after that, I thought I was ready to go to medical school. Okay. And then I found out through more research online that, no, there's still some more classes you have to take before you can even go to medical even school. Even with a bachelor's? Even with a bachelor's wow. in nursing. Okay. And so I went on to community college. I did my physics. I did my organic chemistry, microbiology, you know, all those different classes. Mm -hmm. And um, then I said, okay, it's time for me to go to medical school. Next roadblock is the MCAT. Okay. So 
took the MCAT and uh, I didn't do too well on the first time. No, I thought it was one of those exams that I just walk in and I'll be good because I was always a pretty decent test taker. Mm -hmm. um, didn't do well. Was I felt pretty defeated after that, mm -hmm. but I could not let go of my dream. So I decided to take a review course, did that, and took the exam again, and I did pretty well after that. However, because I didn't really have any mentorship mm -hmm. or guidance, I did not know that to apply for medical school in the United States, there was a time limit. Mm. I always thought it was like rolling admissions. So by the time I took the MCAT again and got those scores back, I would not be eligible to reapply until the following year. And for me, in that time frame, which is now, if I do the math, I'm not going to say my age. No, you good. Um, that's like almost 10 years ago. And in my mind, I had a time limit of, okay, well, I have to be at a certain point in life by this age. I was always like that. Yeah. And so when that happened, I, I just thought that the dream of me becoming a doctor was over. Hmm. Um, went to work, super, super defeated. Um, I started seeing this a new doctor on our unit, and something compelled me to go talk to her. Went up to her and just to see where she went to school, and she told me about a school called Saba in the Caribbean. Nice. And she told me that she, you know, she had to work very hard, and but it was doable, and they'd look at her now and look at where she is. I said, okay. I said, all right, let me do some research on Caribbean schools, and that's what led me down that path. Um, wow. But still, even though I did that, I applied to the top um, schools, including Saba, um, I still didn't hear anything. So I knew I was done with nursing. I quit nursing and decided to do um, health informatics. Mm. Left Houston, moved to Austin. Moved to Austin, and then while I was there, I got an email that I've been selected for an interview for Saba, mm -hmm. and the rest is history. And now I'm here. Nice. Yeah. Graduated. Graduated. Don't leave out the most important part now. <laughs> That's true. That is phenomenal. That's quite a journey. Okay, so we got to dig into that now. Yeah, okay. So just being defeated, right? Yeah. Um, you took the MCAT and it didn't go well. Mm -mm. What? And you said you went back to just work. Mm -hmm. So you flat out got punched directly to the ground. Like oh, you yeah. fell gut, flat on your face. Gut punch. A gut punch, right? Yeah. Um, how did you got there? What what so two things here. Mm -hmm. After working that hard to get that far, why did you think you fell that flat? Which you did, mm -hmm. and what picked you back up? I I fell down flat because I didn't prepare, right? So it's like preparation meets opportunity. Like you have to be prepared for the opportunity, right? So even though um, I felt like I was a good test taker, this had proved to be one of the hardest things I've ever had to do because I just thought it was going to be easy. For me, nursing school was rather easy. It wasn't a degree that again, for me, yes, that I felt like understood. really um, stressed me out. I, th I think I went through nursing school with ease. Mm. However, medical school was, <laughs> the process of medical school and in medical school was, that's not the case. It was a completely mm. different thing. It was a huge learning curve. Mm. And so I think that as far as the MCAT is concerned, 
I was not prepared. But what motivated me was because I know myself and I know that if I actually prepare for something, I will do well. Um, I believe that God has seen me through everything, right? Yeah. So as long as I do my part, there's no way that God is not going to allow this thing to happen for me. So that is what motivated me to try again. Okay. So you leaned in on your faith. 100%. 100%. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's that's a lot of confidence because a lot of people, and you're not ever expecting somebody to become a doctor and they have not faced uh, a lot of trials and tribulations. And we're going to dig in stuff like that. Um, but it individual need to be confident mm. whenever they get, you know, thrown to the floor to get back up, dust themselves off, and move forward. Where do you think that just inner belief, where do you think that came from? Um, I believe it it comes from finding God for yourself, one. And there's also this proverb that my dad used to always say, you know, he used to say, the people who have done it before you, they don't have two heads. And I say this up until now. You know, there's people who have done all these great things, yes. and they don't have two heads. They have one head. I love it. They have an idea. They have a goal, and they kept for it. They kept going on for it. So yeah. it's the same logic I apply to my life. Mm-hmm. It's the same advice I give my friends, I give my siblings. Mm-hmm. They tell me, oh, Trish, I want to do this. I'm like, do it. Do what it. you afraid of? Yeah. The people who did it, they don't have two heads. Everybody yeah. put on their pants one <laughs> leg at a time. One leg at a time. I heard that one it's the exact same thing. It gives you a lot of confidence just yeah. knowing that. Uh, you mentioned your dad just gave you that simple little saying, simple proverb mm-hmm. that that shaped you. What was it like being raised by immigrant parents? Um, it was not easy. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, it's not easy as far as they have their own expectations for you. Um, but also, you know, at this age, you, you start to see your parents in a more humanistic way, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So they're trying to figure out life themselves. They're trying to navigate life. They're trying to be providers. They're trying to take care of you, take care of themselves. They're trying to be happy too. But when you're a child, you're not seeing that. You don't understand that. You're looking at them like, you should have it figured out. You know, like, you should have, like, I shouldn't have to face anything, you know? So it was difficult um, to in some degrees. Um, there was a lot of love. Um, and I, I will say that me and my siblings really leaned in on each other. Um, as well, so. And been knowing you as long as I have, mm-hmm. um, I did notice something specifically with with you and your your siblings, three bro- three sister, one brother, right? Mm-hmm. And you guys are super close, mm-hmm. and close to the point where it's not everybody get that gift. I call it a gift. Yeah. How did that those relationships got fostered to be that close? Like you guys are a family, family. Yeah. How does that come about? I think we talk, and yeah, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I'm always super involved, um, and and I'm always um, advocating for us to be there for each other. Like, if there's no one else is gonna help us, we need to help each other. You know, and. Even when I went to nursing school, and there was a point where 
My siblings were kind of like doing their own thing. Oh, I don't want to do nursing. I want to do this. I want to do that, whatever the case may be. But there was a particular point, there was a shift where I started working. I started making money. And back then, which is so long ago, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. I had money. Yes. I was a young girl. I had money. And I was taking care of everybody. But I knew that I didn't want to be the only one. And I never wanted to worry about them. So, you know, I will always try to motivate them like, yo, do this, do that. Trust me, whatever dreams that you have, you can always pursue those dreams. But just let this be your stepping stone. So, you know, we've always supported each other and we've always had each other's back. And I think that's very important. We can count on each other. And so that brings a foundation, right? Trust, loyalty. And that's pretty much it. And that would give anybody confidence no matter what in your life no matter what happened i know i have the and that's a lot of people that's a lot of gang like a whole gang that's on my team no matter what no matter what that is um and what you said just now by tooting your own horn i don't think you're doing that i just by knowing you from all this time that's Mm. genuinely you Mm. because people who develop over time. Because you know with life, there's stages and levels, right? Yeah. And you're developing. I've noticed that you've always find a way to stay grounded to Houston. You stay yeah. grounded to your family. You stay grounded to your home. Because you just basically just outlined your story and it took you to different areas in the yeah. U.S. And it took you to a whole nother country. Yeah. You always make time to come back to mm-hmm. family. And that is that is a key, um, but it takes a lot of inspiration to move from the southwest. Let's just face it, face it, the yeah. facts, right? Yeah. A young black girl from the southwest to becoming a whole doctor. It's not like a, a thing that's just gonna happen to anybody. A lot of folks would want to do that, but there's steps. What drives you? Um, take you from a to know where you are which is still you're still in your journey but what's your why or just what's your overall motivation and the reason why i ask it like that you said the word dream with so much passion in your voice Mm -hmm. i could not let go my dream and i felt that yeah so where did that dream came from and like what's your overall vision for yourself why why it's so powerful to evolve your life over time um, I remember um, we used to stay in this apartment off of Creek Bend. So anybody that's watching the podcast right now, if you know about Creek Bend, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. So we stayed in these apartments. Actually, there were townhomes on Creek Bend. And um, I remember going to school in elementary school, and we had like a career day. Mm. And I went to A.A. Milne. And they really decked out this career day. It was, like, super dope. It was real deal. It was real, real deal. And this one particular classroom had all these um, black people, black people who had did great things in the world as I knew it at that time, right? So it was like, oh, who's the first person to create this and the first person to create that? Who was the first neurosurgeon, black neurosurgeon? And I remember walking like, whoa, I want to do that. Representation yes. at its finest. Representation. Huh? So wow. I saw the black neurosurgeon. I'm like, I want to be just like that person. That's exactly what I said. And so I came home and I said, Mommy, Daddy, I want to be a doctor. Wow. And that was from childhood. And 
I kept on with that in the back of my mind that no matter what, I'm going to be a doctor. Did I actually think that was going to happen? To a, to a degree, probably not. You know, like <laughs> if I could be honest, all things considered. But yeah. when my dad took me, well, not took me, when he helped me make a decision mm -hmm. to do the LVN, this is a very honest thing. Mm -hmm. I was upset. It's not that I wanted to go and do LVN. I wanted to go to a four-year college. Mm -hmm. I wanted to have the experience, the lifestyle. And, and even though then I was saying I wanted to go to medical school, in hindsight, if I really think about it, would I have really went to medical school just because I went to Baylor? It's a likelihood I probably would not have. Mm. And there's different, different reasons I can think of. And part of it is being distracted. Interesting. But I think God wanted to take me to a place where I had to be alone. So... I left Houston. I went to a very small town called Seguin. Mm. Went to LVN school. I was the youngest person in the class. All the ladies were old. Mm. I mean, they probably watching yeah. this too, but older, yeah. they were older. Mm -hmm. And I, but I was the baby in the class, mm -hmm. and I didn't take nothing serious. I walked. Really? No, I walked in. We went through like <laughs> we went through a week of like material, yeah. and that following Monday, I walk in in the morning, and everybody is like reading papers and, and talking to each other. And I'm like, why is everybody panicking? <laughs> like, I'm completely clueless, right? Yeah. And I remember asking someone, hey, what are you guys doing? We're preparing our exams in 10 minutes. I was like, exam? Wow. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I'm about to help. Like, my daddy about to be mad at me because there's no way. I had no idea I had a test. Yeah. Because I didn't look at the rubric. Nothing, yeah. Nothing. And I knew from that moment on, everybody thought I was stupid. Mm -hmm. Took the exam, I made a 60% for someone who didn't study anything, yeah. right? So I called my dad. I was like, hey, daddy, I had a test today. He said, okay, how did it go? I said, I didn't do so well. And I remember he sounded so disappointed on the phone, and he says, well, just do your best. Mm. I was like, he doesn't think I can do this. That's exactly what my thought was. Wow. He doesn't think I can do this. Mm -hmm. No one here thinks I can do this. And rather than me internalizing and saying, you know what? Okay, can't do it. Yeah. I went home and I started researching what is actually LVN. Wow. Yeah. I researched it and I looked to see how much they make. Mm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I started yeah. looking. I said, okay. You know, then I was a kid. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh, well. I leave you were here. like, what, 19, 20, 21? I was, no, I then I was 18. To, I don't want to try to. Yeah, yeah, I was 18. 18 but but yeah. because the, the your approach, it's probably, mm -hmm. it's, I would think it's important because just mm -hmm. your approach, it, it was like, like mm -hmm. you were just like flying like a little butterfly. So the age yes. is important. The age 18. is important. Okay, For context, I was 18. 18, got you. Researched how much they were going to make. And I think back then they were starting them off at 18. Mm -hmm. And I was like, nah, if I do this, my first job making $21 an hour. Let's That's go. exactly what I told myself. Mm -hmm. Came back, started killing the exams, <laughs> you know, doing what I had to do, yes. and I got out of that, right? So, you know, I forgot what point I was trying to make even with bringing up that whole scenario, mm -hmm. but point is, you know, I never allowed, I never allowed the different disappointments to take me off of what I wanted to do with my life, yes. you know? Um, it's very easy for people to make you feel, especially being black mm -hmm. or black female. Mm -hmm. It's hard. It's not easy. Uh, but people make you feel like you're not capable 
or you're incompetent. Mm -hmm. It's very it's very easy to get that, but you have to honestly believe in yourself. And when you get in these spaces where you get to be around people of different backgrounds, mm -hmm. and you start to realize that, hey, we're all the same. They don't have two heads. They don't have two heads. Let's go. We're all the same. This person may be strong in this part, but I'm strong here. Correct. You know? And I started to see that. And I think that sometimes when we are only around our own people, it can be a little bit intimidating because you feel like, oh, they may have something. They know something that I don't know. Mm -hmm. But once you get in the room with these different people, you start to realize that, no, we all have something that we can contribute. Correct. We're all smart. We're all capable. Mm -hmm. Then you, you start to understand that, no, I belong here. I'm supposed to be here. Yeah. And so that's really what it was. Yeah. So you, you, you got an opportunity to get in rooms to understand that you belong. But even way back, it was just as simple as exposure. Exposure. Yeah. Simple as exposure. You got exposed and one thing led to another mm -hmm. and another. And it seemed like you had your dad there pushing you in a certain direction and you kind of, I wouldn't say resist, but you rele reluctantly accepted. Mm -hmm. But sometimes people self-sabotage. Yeah, See, for sure. Especially if they feel like, especially I know this, I understand this, especially when you think I want to do X, but you have zero life experience. Mm -hmm. Somebody's telling you to do Y. I know everything. Yeah. Your kids usually when you yeah, they're yes, 18. I was exactly like that coming yeah. up as a kid. But you listened. Yeah, I did listen. Why? Because I think I listened because I think people doubting me fueled me. Mm. I think that even though my dad wanted me to do that program, mm -hmm. you know. When I wasn't shown that I was serious naturally, one would think that okay, she's not going to finish the program, right? Mm -hmm. So, which is reasonable. To which is a assume, reasonable yeah. thing to assume. So, if I really think about At your it, your age, no, yeah, you're yeah, thinking, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's a reasonable thing to assume that. But I took it fueled me, you know. I think a lot of hurt and pain fueled me, Feel just in general. General, yeah. yeah. I think I've been through a lot of disappointment, mm -hmm. but. I never let that take me off the course of what I needed to do for myself as far as my career because I always felt like, you know what? This is the one thing I have control over. You know? I used to say that, but but also if I can really say it straight, I actually don't have control over that either. You know, because at the end of the day, if I'm really saying that God is the one for everything, do control. I really have control over this? Yeah. So I, I truly believe that I'm here because God, this is where God wanted me to be. Mm -hmm. Like I was supposed to be here. Um, and when we talk about faith, mm -hmm. when I was saying that, I think that God had to take me away. Mm -hmm. He did. He yeah. had to take me away where I only had him. Mm. I had no friends. I had no family. I spent a lot of time, a lot of my adulthood, yeah. as contrary to what people think about me, a lot of my adulthood, I'm alone. Mm. I have been alone. Mm -hmm. I've been in places I know nobody. I am always alone. And I think that those situations happen is because God wants to talk to me yeah. or God wants me to see something or understand something about myself or whatever plans he has for me. But in that time, during that time, I needed to find God for myself. Mm. I was 18. Yeah. I was always going to church with my mom, 
following whatever she believed, right. you know. But once I got out there, I found God for me. He, you know, I was able to hear God for myself, and I that's been the trajectory of everything else for my life since then. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna dig into faith some, but I just want to talk to you both so much. Uh, you said the negativity. That's what you're really saying: negativity or doubt. Those type of stuff fuel it. So if somebody say, "Oh, you're black, you're female," or "Oh, you're you're this, you're that," mm -hmm. um, you're gonna look at that and say, "Well, you said I'm that, but I say what I am." Correct. Right. You are operating, and this thing is a recurring theme. Just like I said, um, uh, immigrants get the job done. I think this whole locus of control theme has mm -hmm. been going through a lot of uh, the podcasts, essentially, you didn't look at what somebody said about you to define you. No. And that takes a lot of courage, yeah. especially, especially, I, I kind of wanted to build into it, but let me kind of go into it a little bit more, especially living in a society, as you mentioned, black, female, that push certain stereotypes, yeah. right? in your direction and you're like no i am not what you think i am i'm going to yeah. take the locus on control locus of control on me yeah and i'm going to determine determine my future what could you say to just in general young girls or other women no matter class ethnicity whatever yeah. that may because everybody feel it for sure um that may come up come up across these type of emotions or feeling and essentially stay down like oh you got down and you got up but they yeah. decide to stay down what would you say to somebody like that hmm. i would say that what people say about you isn't real it is only as real as what you believe you know so like people can say you're this and you're that it only becomes real if you start to believe that so you know, it doesn't matter what people say. It's what do you think about yourself? Where do you see yourself? And if you hold on to that, if you have the power to hold on to that, and and I will mention it again, believe in God. But if you have, if you you can do this, then you'll understand that it doesn't matter what people, how people try to define you. It's whatever, however you define yourself. So I will speak for myself, right? People, even up until today, I'll meet people like, oh, you don't like a doctor. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> right? You know, No. I have no idea what that means. What does that even mean? Um, they, what is know, a doctor supposed to look like? Yeah. You know? So, oh, you look like you should be doing this, or you look like that, or you look like this. I've heard a lot of different things. Yeah. And I, I find it funny, and I actually kind of like that. It's a little bit of a chameleon. Like, yeah. Nobody, they meet you, they're like, oh, they don't take you seriously. Cool. <laughs> I like that. You know, yeah. but I know exactly who I am, right? Mm -hmm. That's all that's important. And the people that meet me and the people who actually know me, they know exactly who I am. So it's not nobody's confused as to say, "Oh, she's one of those girls." Oh uh, no, she, actually, she's not. Yeah, talk yeah. to her. You know, yeah. so it starts with your mind. Mm -hmm. what, doesn't matter what they say. Don't make it real. Yeah. Don't believe it. You know, it, it can only be as real. As what you believe, because yeah. that that belief, it what you believe, do become real in in many regards. Yeah, and 
I can relate to some degree just being an immigrant coming here, going to school um, in one place. It's a whole long story, but I won't go into it. Um, in a whole state, uh, yeah. misery. Uh, yeah. Misery, even up to today, my mom call it misery. Central's misery. misery. Left from Missouri to New York. Yeah. Like uh, 89, uh, 20 years old, big city. Mm -hmm. Left from there to um, uh, Gresham, Oregon. Oh, I didn't know you went yeah. there. Gresham, Oregon. Okay. And just being completely uh, alone. Yeah. It really kind of create an inner strength. It does. Yeah, it make you find yourself. It do. It forces you to find yourself, and it changes you. Yeah, completely. I would. I, I would say for the better. I think for the better, to a degree. To Nobody a degree. should be alone forever, right? <laughs> you see, the thing is, yeah, you're right to a degree. Um, yeah. I do think it helps you to foster relationship because I ended up finding sure. relationships. Uh, that uh, people just meet me and decide they want to become my parents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even today, I still call them my American parents. Parent. They, mm -hmm. they would drive all the way down from uh, 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 Washington all the way to Oregon to come to my track meets. That's favor. You know what? You said the word. It's absolute mm -hmm. favor. So you get into the idea now that you know you're gonna become a doctor you get out the giddiness let me just say it for what it is as a young 18 year old just uh, you know frolicking around 18 mm -hmm. year old and you decide you want to become serious yes how did you structure your life or structure your decision making process to see the goal because i know there's a lot of micro goals of yeah. this goal that we're at mm -hmm. right now What's your strategy? Like you see something, you plan it out. What What is Patricia's strategy to attain goals? What's your strategy? Oh, um, I envision myself there. Okay. And then I figure out how to get there. And I give my sometimes I give myself a timeline, right? So even with the whole medical school thing, um, back then when I was working as a nurse, mm -hmm. I remember I again I had no mentors, I had no advisors or anything. Um, and then one day I I hear that um, medical school is eight years. I was like, eight years? How? Where am I going to find the time? Yeah. And I remember I was working with this one nurse at that time. I was studying for MCAT. And I was just ex expressing to her my frustration, like, this is more time of my life. And she says, well, listen here, honey. You're either going to be 30 and a doctor or 30 and a nurse. You decide. And after she told me that, I never looked at age or the time like that again. I didn't let that to be a deterrent of what my goal was. So I I started to restructure just myself in general. So even if we go back to LVN, I was like, okay, this is only a one-year program. And I focused on the, I'm going to be honest, I focused on how much money I'm going to make because I was 18 and I needed money, Understood. right? And in addition to that, I needed to learn the concept of discipline. Mm. And so that came with me learning how to lose weight. Okay. You know, my weight has always been a thing. 
Um, so I started learning how to work out. Were I started you, running. Did you have a Weight Watcher thing at one point? I was on Atkins. Atkins, okay. Yes, I was on Atkins. I'm not just trying to throw your oh, business it out. It was all the public information, It's right? public information. <laughs> I was in their book. That's but, yeah, I did Atkins, and um, I started working out, okay. and I fell in love with running. My dad mm. was always a runner, mm-hmm. you know, and I could never, ever keep up with him. Mm. But then in Seguin, I started running, and... I started going like long distances. When we say Seguin, where is that? That is literally like forty-five minutes outside of San Antonio. Okay, so that's okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Huh? Um, and I start. I started creating discipline. So mm-hmm. discipline in every areas of my life. It wasn't just oh books. It was I need to lose weight. I need to mm-hmm. figure out how to do this. I need to figure out how to f- pass this class. Like I started restructuring every part of my life. So like now that I'm a real adult now. Like exercising is a part of my lifestyle, you know. There's different things that are part of my lifestyle because I think those things, that discipline helps you. And so that was also part of the process too. So um, whenever I want to do something with myself, I say, okay, this is what it is. Mm -hmm. What do I have to do to get there? Mm -hmm. And I just focus on that. Nice. Yeah. So you basically see the goal and work backwards. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah, and I envision myself. You envision yourself. Yeah, I envision myself doing it. I see, I, I, and that's an important yeah. thing. Yeah. If I can see it, I what can do it. What does that look like? What does that look like? Do you meditate? Do right. you just do you just pray? What do you do to see yourself there? I think it's like daydreaming. Interesting. I, yeah. I it's like a childlike thing. It's a yeah. childlike thing this for is me. Neat. Daydreaming. I, yeah, that's I'll daydream up. myself. I daydream myself into a lot of different scenarios. <laughs> and you know, most times the reality of it yeah. is better than even what I daydreamed, right? Wow. You know, so I daydream myself doing it or being that person or yeah. and I see myself doing it. I'm like, this is I, that's me. I can do this. Yes. You know, yeah. so you know, like right now mm-hmm. I'm envisioning myself and I'm daydreaming that I have a billion dollars. This God is hearing it. Yes. And I claim it. Yes. So it's the same thing, right? Like I can see myself being something, I yeah. can do it. If you can see it, you can do it. You that's just it. that's it. You can do it. And and some people hear stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. And people are on frequencies in life. Mm-hmm. And just like they're not on that frequency and they hear somebody even like yourself who mm-hmm. started from zero, basically, mm-hmm. love, family, and support, basically that, to take it, which, which is really everything. Which but you everything, didn't yeah. have a, like, you didn't come from, like, great means and stuff like that. No. You, you see what I'm saying? For sure. So you had a foundation, and you took it to another level. You'd have folks um, that never got to that level, and they would hear somebody say something like daydream. Mm. And they'll immediately switch their brain off. They're like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Yeah. But it's a wavelength that you have to be on, mm-hmm. right? So when you started leveling up yourself, how did that how did that attract others around you to help facilitate that? Because you cannot be that in an isolation. I know that for sure. It's hard. Yeah. At least, what are some key figures that came into your life? You mentioned a nurse that said you're going to 
turn the specific age anyways. Mm -hmm. um, and you mentioned different um, events. Mm -hmm. uh, what are like key figures that you've met throughout your life that helped you propel? Hmm. I will say that if I could be very honest, mm -hmm. someone asked me this the other day. Really? Somebody literally just asked me this the other day. Interesting. And I had no one to name. And why I you said... You know, I'm not surprised, but keep going. Yeah. I'm going to tell you why I'm not surprised, but keep going. I had no one to name. There was nobody that... And, I, and I'm very honest. There's no one that came in to say, Trish, hey, let me help you. Let me let me show you this or let me let me introduce you to this person or anything like that. No one did that. And and if I go back to talk about like mentors, when I, that's what I'm bringing this up, it's like it's important to have mentors. I remember trying to seek information from people that's why I'm and not people surprised. would shut me out mm -hmm. that looked like me. People would shut me out. They wouldn't respond to my messages. You know, they wouldn't answer my phone calls. Really? You know? And I remember feeling like, dang, this this, this person's never this person doesn't think I'm ever gonna be what I said I'm trying to do, right? They thought so, you were daydreaming. Yeah, you know, I was daydreaming. <laughs> but I was in La La Land. Uh -huh. Yeah. But what I think motivated me is that despite the fact that I didn't have that, mm. it's what my friends and my family they believed in me. Like, even when I didn't believe in myself, they believed in me. They would say, no, Trish, you can do this. Like, words are so powerful because I'm just thinking about even many conversations I even have with your wife, mm -hmm. you know? She'd be like, oh, no, you're the smartest person I know. You can yeah. do this, you can do that. Yeah. It's those things motivated me True. to keep going, like, well, I don't want to disappoint everybody. everybody. She does the same for me, too, so yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I don't want to disappoint everybody. Everybody believes in me, you know? And my siblings, it's the it's, sometimes people see things in you you don't see in yourself. Mm. And I think that that was the biggest motivation push um, that helped me throughout my journey. Your tribe. You didn't need was, much than what you already had. I didn't need much of what I already had because they always believed in me. I would tell them, oh, I have this big to like, Chish, we're not worried about you because you're going to knock it out. Yeah. And not because they're trying to give me a motivational speech. They truly believe this. They believe it, yeah. You know, and that what an awesome gift. What a beautiful gift that people yeah. actually believe in you. Yeah. You know, so... Even if you have one person, you just need one person to believe in you. True. You know, it's enough. That's enough motivation. Yeah. Um, so that's what I had. I I do wish I had mentors. I wish that I had that. Um, Speak on that <clears throat> yes. mentorship and how important you mentorship think it is, is yeah. extremely important. I will say that um, I just finished my residency in internal medicine, okay. um, and I wanted to uh, do fellowship in cardiology. Cardiology is very, very competitive, mm -hmm. um, very competitive. And so a lot of it is you need to network. You need to meet people. You need to get mentors yeah. and get advisors. So coming from somebody who doesn't know how to do that, who's never had to do that, because I've always just worked hard, looked things up, and figured my way out, Yeah, this is that's hard now. Mm. So I, I threw myself into, um, you know, I joined the ACC, the American um, College of Cardiology. They had like an internal medicine program. I joined that. 
Um, and through there, they provided mentorship. Mm. And I met an awesome doctor who helped me, right? And even though it, I, it was unsuccessful, I did not match, right, okay. last year. Um, just the fact that he helped me, mm. you know, he, he got me an interview with his program. Mm. That was a big deal to me. And so I know that I, I understand the importance of it. There's people that I know who matched. Mm. It's because of mentorship, true connections, all these different things, networking. Um, so it's important. You, you said something. You said something about having true support, um, and that's a that's a wonderful gift. Mm -hmm. And you you could not overstate that, because if you look at the general trajectory of most people. Mm -hmm. and, and let me point out how much of a gift this is. They said, uh, there's like a saying, right? They said uh, 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 a, a king is never crowned in his local area or something like that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you got to step out. Mm -hmm. I, I'm paraphrasing it, but yeah. it's similar. I've heard something similar. Yeah. yeah. You had that earlier on and that kept going with you. And that that is, I think that's like a strong premise for you, because normally what you would see is you're growing up, right, and people who know you they're like, oh, uh, yeah, I, yeah, they they just know the eighteen year old Trish. Yes, they don't know them. They don't know me. Yeah, they don't know how much you have matured, mm -hmm. right? I agree. Yeah, and then that can be a premise for people to to kind of stay stuck. A lot of time, individuals are on a journey yeah. similar to what you pursued, and they will um, get those type of notion that, okay, well, this is not going to happen or that not that's not going to happen. And... Honestly, a lot of time it comes from the closest people to you. Yeah. But you just said the closest people to you, they believed in you and they kept believing in you. Mm -hmm. That is an absolute gift. And this is bar, family, friends, it does not matter. Yeah. The closest one. Because they, they just know the immature person. Mm -hmm. So now when you're elevating, it's hard for them to not see, see. you yeah, the way true. you were as not mature. Yeah. And then a lot of people kind of get stuck in that level. But for you, you're able to elevate over and over to really become more than what you would even possible decide, you know, you would want to get to. Or not what you would want to get to, but where you'd possibly even imagine. Because you yeah. said like your daydream, um, you, you know, you surpass it sometimes. Yeah. Many folks would have those same type of feelings as far as where they want to progress and they don't create the level of structure that you did. Mm -hmm. You mentioned just now that you even lost weight mm -hmm. till you even got on the, the Weight Watcher, weight watcher uh, program. It that was Atkins, Atkins, not Weight Watcher. No, you know why, but <laughs> right, Atkins, right? But that in itself is a, is a, is a, is a great thing. Yeah. Where did you pull that from now to say, okay, well, I look like this and I want to look like this and I'm going to work for that? Because mm -hmm. a lot of times people will feel a certain way and they just kind of stay stuck. 
Yeah. I'm just trying to figure that out. Well, um, I, I struggled with my weight my entire life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is back to that point about you. whatever people say is mm-hmm. only real if you believe it, wow. right? Yeah. So I think I can speak for a lot of us ladies mm. when I say sometimes you see you, you're looking at yourself, you're like, oh, man, I'm so fat right now. <laughs> and then a couple years later, you're looking at yourself now and you're like, I wasn't even fat then. <laughs> what was I talking about? Because now I'm really fat, you know. So it's one of those things where I always struggle with my weight, and but I never knew how to lose weight. Mm. So I will always do these different little yo-yo diets trying to lose weight. But at a certain point, though, I started becoming out of control with eating. Mm. And Interesting. that was directly connected to my emotions, mm. feeling sad, you know, if, if things didn't work out or just, I think to a degree, I was, I've always had like this little bit of like sadness thing, mm-hmm. you know, I dealt with my entire life. So my emotions were directly connected to me eating mm-hmm. and I started to lose control. And I got so big to the point that if I started walking, my lower back would hurt. And I I hated it. And I was like, I don't like the way I look. I don't like the way I feel. Um, I need to do something about it. Mm -hmm. And so I started eating one apple a day. Really? And a chicken salad. Yeah. And one day I was trying to be overzealous. You know, I was walking to school, but that didn't really last long. I eventually found a track. Okay. So I started going to the track, walking on the track, and in that LVM program that I was in, a lot of the ladies, some of the ladies were overweight too. They always talking about they on a diet, but they weren't losing no weight. Interesting. And by myself, I had lost like maybe 20 pounds doing what I was doing. And there was another lady in my class, her name was also Patricia. Okay. And so she's like, you want to lose weight? And I was like, yeah. She's like, let's show these bees how to really lose weight. <laughs> got to, got and she's the one who introduced me to Atkins. Okay. She tells me, you're going to eat protein, eat vegetables, drink water, you keep your exercise, and you'll be fine. Day three, I woke up drenched in sweat. Really? From night overnight, I called her panicking, thinking I was dying. I'm like, uh, Patricia, I'm sweating in the night. She's like, that's good, you're burning fat. <laughs> I was like, really? So I just kept on it. And Lord and behold, I lost 90 pounds. That's and a lot of- yeah, I lost 90 pounds that one year. People thought I did weight loss surgery, which I think is still crazy up until now. What? That's no joke. We could yeah. have a whole podcast about yeah. weight loss. But That's if you, intense, yeah. yeah, but if you consider the fact I was 19, my metabolism, I was still young. Yeah, yeah. So losing that kind of weight was actually fairly easy. Mm-hmm. And I took exercising very seriously. I worked out a lot. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like I was just working out for 20 minutes. No. I would be out there for like an hour, two hours, yeah. on the track and field, yeah. doing the absolute most <laughs> to lose weight. <laughs> because it became an addiction. Yeah. It was like, I come home, I get on a scale, I'm like, oh, man, I'm five funny. pounds down? I was like, come on, I could do this again. Yeah, yeah. Come back, I'm another 10 pounds down. I was so addicted to it. I was addicted to the endorphins. I was like, yeah. oh, I'm losing weight. <laughs> It did get to a point I started to look sick, though. You know, oh, <laughs> I started going too far. But, <laughs> but, you know, as far as the weight is concerned, that's what it was. Mm. Um, and then from there, obviously, I'm not as small as I used to be. Mm-hmm, so I, I start to calm down. Mm-hmm. I'm a woman now. No, you so good. You good. You good. <laughs> that that in itself is is quite a journey that you you propel yourself to. But where where do you 
just going forward because you you I can see that you envision yourself mm. and what's what does Patricia dream look like say over her next three to five years what what does that dream mm. what it, you're dreaming now what does I'm that dreaming look now like? yeah you're the same daydream uh. that took you from coming from the southwest to mm. a whole doctor mm. like what does that dream look like for you now I think the dream for me now is to be more finer than I am. Okay. Okay. I, I don't think you can achieve. <laughs> I don't think you can go beyond where you Thank are right now you. because you're, Thank you're as you. fine as fine could be. <laughs> but also, um, in the next couple years, I dream to be a practicing physician, a cardiologist, God willing. Okay. And um, now, this phase of my life, I want a family. Okay. You know, I want to have children. Mm -hmm. um, that's a dream come true. Mm -hmm. So career, family, children, my friends, my immediate family, yeah. that is my dream. You said something, you know, that, you know, with family and family is very important. And it's such a blessing. Um, you having your family now is just because you only have a great relationship with family. So it's only going to continue in your direct yeah. DNA, which is that is uh phenomenal i myself have kids yes. who are little girls mm -hmm. um and they look up to you right mm -hmm. significant and i love it i love it so i'm gonna talk about something now a little bit personal <laughs> yeah so we all went to watch barbie the oh other day. Lord. <laughs> me you my wife <laughs> and, and all my children right mm -hmm. <laughs> went to watch barbie and like two-thirds of the movie decided to leave <laughs> No, actually, I had an appointment. You had an appointment. Okay, so you had an appointment. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you left, but you did not like that movie. Oh. Or did you like that movie? No, the movie was cute. It was cute? The movie okay. was a cute movie. However, they didn't have to make it on the big screen, is what I was saying. <laughs> but the movie was, a, it was actually a really cute movie. It was cute. Uh, yeah, it was. It wasn't what I expected though, but it was a really cute movie. Because it's a big. It made me feel note. like a kid. I mean, I, I felt happy on the inside. You know, it was mm -hmm. super cute, super pretty, um, and then also the woman empowerment part I thought was like the best thing about the movie. Obviously, mm -hmm. but um, no, I just I just thought it was gonna be more than what it was. But yeah. it was a super cute movie. It underwhelmed you. Yeah, okay. I was just like, uh. I understand. We had. An amazing guest on today. Therefore, we had to, and we were going for quite a while, in all honesty, because there was so much valuable information. Uh, we have not done this in a while, no, but we ended up had to split this uh, segment into two. Um, so look out for part two on next week. And we are super excited about about this one, guys. So make sure you check it out.